there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. Happy Friday, Chrissy. Happy Friday, Heather. I have been thinking about um, our last show on Wednesday mm-hmm. when you revealed your conversations with the universe. And cried all over. And cried. Mm-hmm. Which I hope doesn't sound terrible. Um, like, I was actually glad we said we were going to start doing YouTube. Um, oh. And I'm really glad that we didn't we start didn't it start for that it episode. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing that, guys. We just aren't quite there. Well, I'm really glad that you shared all of that because I, it's a really nice reminder that um, you know we make the choice to be open mm-hmm. um, or closed. And I hope that everybody listening today can take a moment to just open your heart, um, you know. And all you have to do to to make that happen is to just think about it. Just open your heart, and then um, I wanted to just kind of follow up on our episode number 22. What if nobody liked you? Oh yes, uh huh. I listened. A fun one. Yeah, I listened to that one, and um, I was then calling an Uber, mm-hmm. and I opened up my Uber app, mm-hmm. and I noticed that my Uber rating <laughs> is not five stars. Oh my! And I was thinking, like during the show, I was like, I'm totally fine if I don't get five stars. Like you know what you know. People, I think people generally like me, but then my Uber rating is 4.67. Oh. And, and I was like, what? Why? What? There was an Uber driver who gave me something not a five. And perhaps more than one Uber driver. You don't know. Well, I've been thinking back about which of my Uber experiences could possibly have garnered me less than five. Do you remember that you told me that you don't ruminate on the Yes, hitter? that's why this is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I ruminated on this one. I don't ruminate if I've been on stage mm-hmm. and it's been like, I'm presenting information to you. We're not having a conversation, you know, like... But when we, but an Uber is like one-on-one interaction. Yes. And I want people to feel good, like feel like I'm polite and, and friendly and considerate, you know. Mm-hmm. And somebody didn't do that. And um, I think it's because I was confused one time and I thought I tipped. Just once. Well, one, there was one time that I was confused. <laughs> there have been plenty of times I've been confused. No, but there was one Uber that I distinctly remember getting to my destination, getting on with my business. And then later Uber asked me, Hey, do you want to tip your Uber driver? Mm -hmm. And I thought I had. And so I was like, Oh yes, yes I do. And I like plugged in my tip and sent it in. And I wonder if it was like too late and the tip window was closed and the driver was like, screw her. I do mine late sometimes. Really? Oh, well then that means you're saying it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you weren't particularly chatty this day. Maybe you were busy. Yeah, maybe I was preoccupied. Okay. You don't have to, your, your job's not to entertain your Uber driver. It's fine. Thank you for giving me permission to not <laughs> entertain everybody around me. Okay, I have a new segment. I thought about this during um, Ooh, yes. the new year. Something new. 
I spent the new year in North Carolina mountains and yes. I have a mountain challenge that I do. The house that we stay in is kind of midway up. Um, well, it's almost all the way up to a ridge. So you go up, 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 up a mountain road. And then when you get to our house, you're almost to this ridge that goes around. And um, and my mountain challenge is that every day I start at our house and I run down the mountain, which mm -hmm. is about a third of a mile. Running down is easy. Yes. Then I turn around and I run up as far as I can. Okay. Okay. And I do it. And then I get up to the ridge. And then there's like a little kind of a little circle at the on the ridge. And then I go down. I do it three times. Mm -hmm. And my goal is that over the course of the week that I'm there, I'm going to make it further up to the ridge. Do you ever make it to the top? I've never made it all the way to the top, but I'm getting really close. Cool. And so those runs were a great time for me to think about this show and listen to our episodes and laugh at how hilarious we are. You're pretty great. And then come up with like little <laughs> side notes that I text myself that, oh, I need to follow up on this. I need to follow up on that. I do that all the time when I'm out on a run. Yeah. I stop mm -hmm. and type myself. Me too. Text I get them messages. All. <laughs> And then I don't remember, like, what does this mean? <laughs> I have to tell you right now that I need to pick up my phone and turn it over and set it aside because all I want to do right now is look up my lift rating. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't do it. I'm gonna... And I want to know if I'm a five star. You, you'll have to let me know. Okay. So you're making it to the top of the ridge. Making it to the top of the ridge. And I had a an idea for a segment. I'm going to call it Heather's Headlines. Heather's Headlines. And that's because I saw a headline um, of a story that piqued my interest. And I, it turns out that I was, I was again, confused. Imagine that twice. <laughs> the, the only two times it's only, ever happened. Yes. So the, the headline I saw said that um, Pluto is a planet again. Oh. Yeah. So congrats, I was feeling Pluto. congratulations, Pluto. Yes. Uh -huh. Way to go. But when I researched it a little bit more, I found out, no, it's still a dwarf planet. But there is a scientist... He's an administrator at NASA, um, Jim Bridenstein, who feels like Pluto should be a planet again. Well, all it takes is one, you know, just one person to start a movement. Well, I've been trying to get you to watch that TED Talk since day one. <laughs> so Pluto was demoted to a dwarf planet in 2006 because it does not meet all three criteria. That long ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's been a long time. And, um, and the reason is because there's apparently, I've learned, three criteria that make a planet. Um, it has to be round and it has to be, there's another one. And then it has to, <laughs> it has to, it has to um, do something in its orbit that it doesn't do the right way because it travels with other objects and not alone. Okay. okay. So I've been reading about why is it that Pluto can't be a planet? And then I get why to... Why does Jim think that it should be? Well, Jim says that a planet should be judged by its merits and its intrinsic value. Just like Which people. makes Jim my kind of guy. I like Jim. And then... Let's see, let's see if we can call him and have him come here and <laughs> talk to us. And weigh in. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading this and I, and I read this sentence that I cannot attribute to Jim. I think it's another organization that agrees with him. But they say, this is, these are people who are pro-Pluto being a planet. Pro-Pluto planet. Pro-Pluto planet. The PPPs say... <laughs> We suggest that attempts to build consensus around planetary taxonomy not rely on the non-scientific process of voting. 
but rather through precedent set in scientific literature and discourse by which perspectives evolve with additional observations and information, just as they did in the case of asteroids. Well. And that made me think about a group of scientist groupies who hear that and they say they're so handsome when they're angry. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder. Very, that conviction is very sexy. Yes. Way to go, science. Although all of the science groupies are very like. Very sexy science. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I wondered, has anybody asked Pluto? <laughs> I doubt that anyone has asked Pluto. And I wonder if I Pluto. I doubt that Pluto has much of an opinion. I think Pluto does have an opinion. I think Pluto's like, screw you guys. Maybe. You don't want me? I just did an episode about Mother Earth or whatever, yeah. so maybe Pluto has feelings. Maybe maybe I shouldn't discount that. I just talked about how open I am to, <laughs> to the universe, so I should be open to Pluto's feelings, too. So I'm leading us to the grab bag with, with this. I didn't even do a grab bag. I know. Well, your whole show was a grab bag. <laughs> just we a, just grabbed the whole thing. Whatever, yeah. Okay, so right, I so am. Back to regular format now on this Friday. <laughs> I'm going to do a grab bag. <laughs> it's our show. We can do what we want. Okay, so... I was some I was some Uber driver's not favorite passenger. Okay. I was I was not the favorite. I wasn't the worst, but I wasn't the favorite. Okay. Pluto was not always the favorite planet Mm -hmm. except for Jim. Jim has favoritism Mm -hmm. towards Pluto. Mm -hmm. That led me to a conversation that I've been having with um, some people some folks at church. We're having a study um, right now on the life of Jacob. Um, and if I'm not going to turn this into like a Bible thing. Joseph's mother, he was Jacob's favorite wife. He never really loved another all his life. <laughs> Whenever you bring history things, all I think of is musical theater. Um, we had a lot of Hamilton qu- quotes in one. The only reference I have to Jacob is that, that he was Joseph's dad. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Right, Coats, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> my <laughs> reference... is the end of my knowledge okay. and help in, in <laughs> anything to do with uh, Jacob. So my <laughs> reference for Jacob is, you know, his life was, was pretty um, pretty ripe with the drama. Okay. His, life, his family was pretty... Lots of sons, dis- right? Well, later, yeah. Later, okay. But this, I'm thinking about the beginning when he, you know, he was a twin with Esau. Okay. Jacob and Esau were twins, and Esau was born first. And they say that Jacob was born immediately after, but was hold, was grabbing on to Esau's foot. Okay. In, as if there was a rivalry from the start. Gotcha. Okay. Esau was the strong, athletic. He was the older. He was um, favored by his father. Gotcha. Jacob. Underdog Jacob. Jacob was the underdog, gotcha. favored by his mother. He mm-hmm. was at home learning domestic life, and he had a, a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. There were lots of shenanigans and dysfunction throughout the course of his life. But the conversation that I had in my brain while I was supposed to be listening to the Bible study was about parental favoritism. <laughs> because- and we made it. Here we are. <laughs> And I filed away the little sheet, the little handout that we had, because there were some really good questions on there. And one of them was about, um, you know, whether or not we feel like our children's dispositions can be determined in the womb, or that there is a path set out for us that is determined before we are born. 
But that's not really what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is how many parents will admit to having a favorite child? I would never admit to having a favorite child, but I truly, honestly believe in my heart that I don't have a favorite child. Do you? I do not have a favorite child. They are so different. They are so special. Maybe it's because it's a boy and a girl and like, I don't. I truly don't have a favorite child. Well, then you are not like most parents because research has shown that most parents don't want to admit that they have a favorite child, but that they do have a child that they feel more connected with and that there's a lot of guilt associated with acknowledging that feeling. That is interesting. I actually um, have a friend who has told me that um, his ex-wife has gone through a lot of that, like like beyond like postpartum depression, but mm. like more, I don't like one of my kids. Ooh, that's you know? pretty deep. Yeah. Not liking mm-hmm. your child. Yeah, like the, I don't, I don't like, and it's funny because the one I know this family a little bit, and the one that she doesn't like is a lot like her. Mm, that's interesting. I think sometimes. Well, I think I read an article the other day that said that um, sometimes. You know how they say that what people perceive of you is, you know, what you're putting out, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were saying that a lot of people, you know, they say that if I look at you and I don't like you and like my gut doesn't like you, it's probably because I see something in you that I don't like in myself. Right. They were like, well, the opposite is also true. Like if I don't like myself and if I assume people aren't going to like me, mm-hmm. then other people aren't going to like me, you know, okay. and I think that this particular person doesn't care for herself very much and so when she sees someone who reminds her of herself so strongly Hmm. tough that's pretty deep it is pretty interesting like i should become a psychotherapist (laughs) instead of a well, I remember <laughs> listening to a um a show on NPR of course about um birth order Mm-hmm. And, you know, how that affects the way that you live your life and how your life pans out and how your parents treat you and mm-hmm. how different people treat you. Um, and you know, I'm, the, I'm the oldest child in my family. Um, you're the baby, aren't you? No, I'm not. Um, I have always actually been really pleased because I have a very special position because oh. my older sister is 10 years older than me mm-hmm. and she never lived with me. Oh, So I have an older sibling but in my household, I was the oldest. So I'm both the middle and the oldest. Gotcha. And I've read before that if there's more than a five-year age gap, that it's like being um, the oldest again. Well, that's interesting because my my boys are almost six years apart. Mm-hmm. And when I, um, when I was pregnant with the second one, I remember my mom saying, no, it's going to be like having two only children. Yeah. And there are definitely times when it does feel that way. Um, but they, I, I mean, they obviously live in the same household and interact all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but it's, it is interesting to see, um, you know, how their age difference affects our family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how we parent them and how we negotiate. Um, like, my nieces are very close in age. And so they're very much like what one has, the other one immediately wants. Right. That's how and my it, kids are. Yeah. And it's hard to deny want something to the other one when it's kind of there's only a 17 month difference right yeah Yeah. 
Um, but mine are far enough apart in age where what is appropriate for one is not appropriate for the other, right. even mm-hmm. if they think they should have Why? equal mm-hmm. of everything. Well, so um, what I read was that most parents do have a favorite child and that factors related to birth order and gender and shared interests will affect um, how you feel about your individual children and that children, even if parents who often will not admit to having a favorite because they feel so guilty that they feel like they should love each of their children equally, mm-hmm. when I really kind of feel like you love each of your children uniquely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're mm-hmm. their own unique person. But that children often will perceive preferential treatment from uh, you know, amongst their siblings. Yeah regardless of what the parents say. I believe that. I think that my daughter would probably say that I coddle my son more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my daughter is a female, and I know how to be a female, and I want to raise a strong female. And I, I, I put a lot of expectation on her. You know, I expect a lot from her. Um, and it's, it's not that I love her more or less. It's just different. Yeah, like, It's just difference in how I love them, yeah. you know? I grew up as the oldest child, um, and I always assumed that, well, we joke in my family that my sister is going to be the one who ends up taking care of our parents (laughs) when they get older. She's usually the youngest daughter. Well, she's the middle. Oh. I have a younger brother who is definitely the favorite. Well, the youngest daughter, though. Yeah, she is the youngest daughter. Yeah. It's not going to be me. Yeah. And I've already made that clear. I moved away. I thought it wasn't going to be me, and it ended up being me. <laughs> and I, I really didn't want that job. It was an awful job. Well, highly yeah. don't recommend. Stick with the giving it away to someone else. <laughs> you know, I've I have joked that it's going to be my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when the conversation actually happens, and you have to, you know, you're really being serious, and you're not kidding. Of course, I would, you know, I would do whatever was what needed to be done. Um, but I do think that my sister has better um, aptitude for it than I do. I think that my younger sister would have been better at it than I was um, from a just pure caring and sit. I don't, I'm not caring. That's not the right word. But just like being able to sit with it and being able to be a caretaker, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, I was like a great person for the action items. You know, like we right. need to get this that paperwork together. We need to do whatever. But I wholeheartedly wish that I would not have ended up in the caretaker position. Yeah. It was not the right spot for me. Well, I guess I'll just have to see where the universe directs me. Mm -hmm. But um, something that I thought was interesting is there were some interviews conducted between 2001 and 2003 among 275 Boston area mothers in their 60s and 70s who had each had at least two children. So their children are now adults. They Mm -hmm. have gone through the process of raising their kids. And um, they asked the the moms three questions. They asked, to which child in your family do you feel the most emotional closeness? Hmm. They asked, if you became ill or disabled and needed help on a day-to-day basis, which child in your family would be the most likely to help you? Hmm. And with which child do you have the most disagreements or arguments? 
Now, the majority of moms said 70% of the moms named a child that they felt the closest to. 79% could name a child that they felt would most likely be their caregiver. And 73% named a child that she had the most arguments or disagreements with. So the majority could answer those those questions. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Do you feel like you would be able to answer those questions? Uh, Well, I mean, at this point, my kids are young, so, you know, a little bit more difficult. I need to see who they grow up to become and how responsible they are and whatnot for, you know, like who could take care of you. I think either one of my kids would show up to take care of me, though. I I really do. Um, Emotional closeness. We talked about it's just different. You know, it's different. So I would... I you know, and I really do feel like it's different because it's a boy and a girl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, the the gender plays differently. Like I'm close with my daughter, and I probably always will be. Um, and especially as she grows up, she'll become a friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas my son, I'll probably maintain more of a mentorship relationship. With it'll it'll just be a little different, yeah. I think. But we're all emotionally close. I love like nothing brings me more like heart melting joy than when my son opens up some little emotional thing and like it really tells me something. Yeah, you know, like like my daughter is maybe more emotionally open as mm. a female, you know, but that doesn't translate to us being more emotionally close necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, yeah, I'm that makes just, sense. Yeah, I just know when both of my kids. I'd like feel off or feel, mm-hmm. you know, really happy or whatever. So I, yeah, I don't think I could answer those like the very long answer to your yes, no question. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Well, you know, if I'm being completely honest, you know, I've got two boys, um, almost six years apart in age, both completely different personalities. There's definitely one that's easier to raise than the other. Yeah. And I think most people would would put would use the that that um criteria to determine which one was their quote favorite. Hmm. And I've had conversations with friends with multiple kids who have said that they see trends of them favoring one child over the other. I remember talking to a friend a while back um about his two children. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Gosh, I just really love, you know, how this little one is so silly. I was like, he's just like you. Like, he's so, you know, um, into everything. He's so whatever. And he goes, huh, I like the other one better. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Like, he liked the one that was not like him, the one that was, you know, calm and that favored the mother more and whatever. You know, he's like, oh, I, like, I like that one better, you know? And, and it's funny. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's. Do you think that's, a, do you think it's okay to have, those feelings I don't I mean I mean you have the feelings you have whether it's okay or not yeah I mean I guess like I as long as you treat people fairly and you treat people respectfully and whatever I I don't know I guess yeah what am I gonna do about it you know (laughs) I think it's a really interesting topic to think about of how we can step away from ourselves enough to notice our tendencies and our patterns and to to ask ourselves honestly whether or not those 
those choices are coming from a place of this is easier or this one makes me work harder. Mm -hmm. I will say that my kids are a pretty even match on that. And it really honestly comes back to gender because parenting a little girl is different than parenting a little boy, you know, and so they each come with their own challenges, you know. And I never understood when until I became a parent, I didn't understand why the consequences that my brother and sister would have for things were different from the consequences that I had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I assumed that it was because you know, they favored one over the other or they were giving them an easier time than they were giving me or whatever. And now that I'm a parent, I recognize that what the consequence that one child um, is going to respect is right. different from we're each individuals and we each have different you know back to my back to my degree in the science of human behavior you know different things reinforce different people yeah. like and different things punish different people when you were a kid what was the punishment that would have the most impact on you um I don't know what it would have been but I will tell you what my dad liked to do as punishment and that it was not cool um <laughs> He liked long lectures. Oh. You had to sit at a table and listen to him just talk for a long a time. Sermon. It was yeah, it was horrible. Like, and I would just sit there, like, oh, Jesus Christ. So you really disliked it. So was it? It was not effective. It didn't change my behavior. Oh, okay. Well, actually, you know, when I think about what my parents would, my parents knew that the punishment that would be the worst for me was yard work. Now I enjoy working in the yard, but if I remember having to sweep the driveway and edge. We had this long sidewalk in front of our house mm -hmm. and the driveway, I had to edge along the driveway and the that sidewalk. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always knew like a lot of my reasons that I didn't do like really terrible things to get into really bad trouble were fear-based. Mm -hmm. Like I knew my dad would beat my ass. Like he would, like he would he would like hit us for sure. You know, like if, if I did something really, really bad, it would be scary. So it was yeah. fear based. Yeah. Mine was all mm -hmm. guilt based. I would, I didn't want, I, I, my dad is one of those people that you can't always tell if he's joking or not. And for my dad to have a look of disapproval mm. is the worst. Stab yeah. me in the heart. Oh. I did not want that. And that would, but I don't know if my brother or sister, I'd have to ask them if they felt that way. Like what dad, you know, what mom or dad would do to make them feel bad <laughs> about I, something. I didn't know for a long time that men existed who didn't throw tantrums, that it wasn't like, you know, like uh, when I started dating, like after my divorce, I'm like, oh, people can get mad and not like throw an absolute temper tantrum really and, uh, yeah i didn't know i like i had never spent time with a man who didn't throw temper tantrums that's interesting i told my sisters did you guys know that there are men who don't throw temper tantrums and they didn't know either really especially my my older sister didn't didn't know um i don't know my younger sister i'm not i don't remember how she weighed in on it but um yeah i didn't know i didn't know there are lots of men who don't throw temper tantrums <laughs> lots of them loads who like just kind of work through things reasonably and don't freak out. Men are so fascinating to me. So I wish I could be They're a the fly coolest. on the wall and just observe how they make decisions and how they react to things. I am especially fascinated 
by the quiet ones, the ones who just methodically go about doing the things. Because women, we talk about, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And here's how it's going to happen. And here's the process that I went through to create this. And, you know, like, we, this is what we do. And I really like watching a man just show up and do the thing that he intended to do and just do it quietly and then go on his way. Like, and it's, it's just bizarre to me. I'm like, what? Like I had, um, I had a guy come and help me a couple months ago, hang art on my wall. Mm -hmm. And he just came in with his level and his tools and his whatever. And he's just talking to me and going about it. And then once in a while he'd be like, Hey, can you hold this? You know, or can you make a mark there or whatever? And I said to him, I've never seen this done this way. I've never seen this without like. A lot of fanfare without like, I don't have that. I need a pencil. Like, and, and you know, like, <laughs> I, I, and like without a lot of just drama, like, you yeah. know, and, and, and like freaking out. And I was like, you just came in here and you said about like, and everything didn't measure correctly, but he didn't get frustrated and like freak out or, you know, like, oh, stupid, whatever. Like, he just is a calm human being. <laughs> and I was like, I, I've never seen this happen before. I didn't even know this was a choice i had no idea i have we have um every once in a while my husband will go through the house and um spackle mm-hmm. all of the holes that i've put in the wall <laughs> from hanging things because he comes out with the level and he'll draw like a whole map and diagram right, of yeah. the room uh-huh. and he calculates the center of things and he asks me do you Does want he it to use be laser lights i this well, guy yes, used laser lights and it was yeah. very impressive yeah. he'll, he'll ask me do you want it to be centered with with this and I'm like I don't know I just want it on the wall like I'll know when it's up there if I like it and if you did it I'll let you know if you did it right if you take a picture down at my house and I have hung it there's like eight holes oh god yeah and they're like I'll hammer it in and hang it up Mm, no and I'll take it down and it drives my husband crazy and he'll just go yesterday, and spackle them all. Just yesterday, I was telling someone that I needed to put up curtains in my bedroom. Like, I need, you know, I have blinds, but I don't have curtains up. And I was like, I need to do that. And he said, well, why haven't you done it yet? And I'm like, because I can't put them up with thumbtacks. Right. Like, that's, I hang everything with thumbtacks. Right. And that's not the right way to do anything. <laughs> you know, once I had a New Year's resolution to learn how to use a drill, and um, I never did it because I recognized that is probably my husband's biggest fear. If I knew how to use a drill. What do you need him for? Right. What do I need him for? <laughs> There's terrific. so many things that aren't done because they require a drill. Mm-hmm. And if I if I could go into the garage and say, well, sometimes, okay, I'll admit that I have done this where I've said, well, I'll just figure it out. And I go walk in the garage and he's like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like i mean how hard can it be i can go on youtube and figure out how to work a drill now my younger sibling she is handy as hell like she can rip out drywall she can like my mom could do that stuff too my mom and dad were both really good at like home improvement stuff mm-hmm. like they can swap out ceiling fans and you know do electrical stuff and do plumbing and do whatever and man she's got she can do that stuff we call her bob vila like, <laughs> she she's a bob vila like 
when I moved into my new place, I'm like, I need a new garbage disposal. And she's like, it would take you 10 minutes. She's like, do you want me to come do it for you? And she didn't get to come do it for me. She hasn't even seen it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Um, (laughs) But I'm like, yeah, I'm sure... I'm sure I could watch a YouTube video and I could do that. I just don't know what would ever compel me (laughs) to take on such a task. I'm bad at that kind of stuff because I'm not really a detail person and I will, I'll just half-ass it. I'll just, you know, like it'll, it'll work for a little while, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna stand the test of time. Yeah, that's absolutely, I'm kind of like that too. Yeah, so I guess I need to keep my husband around. Keep him. He's well, a good one. Keep him. <laughs> I wonder if he has a favorite kid. You should ask him. Would he tell you? No. <laughs> no. Top secret if you have a favorite kid. I think it's got to be top secret. I have not revealed mine. Do you have one? After reading the questions, um, I definitely know which kid um, I would rely on for different things. Yeah. And Fair I've enough. often thought about whether or not I favor one child over the other. And I do think that I do because one is easier to raise than the other one. I understand him. We are on the same page. I get how his brain works. But that doesn't, you know, just like any parent is going to say, that doesn't mean that I love them differently. In mm-hmm. fact, I think that I have a fiercer love for my son that I'm not, I don't always get. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because I'm striving to get him to understand him. Maybe, yeah. Like I'm thinking about my parents and thinking, like my mom. I don't think that she had a favorite at all. I really don't. Like I think that she, like my parents were also very, very. Everything had to be fair always. Mm-hmm. If if a one of the children got a car valued at five thousand dollars the other two children got something valued at exactly five thousand dollars oh, wow. there was no inflation adjustments or anything if child number one got a ten thousand dollar wedding child number two and child number three also got ten thousand dollar weddings like this is this is a very very fairness based system right um my dad i i could see some favoritism i could see you know who he maybe Liked a little better. My grandma, I can think of her grandchildren that she had favorite. Yeah. I was her favorite. Yeah. Does everybody think that she they were the favorite or did everybody know you were? I don't know. I'll have to ask them. Well, you know what? My older sister, like being 10 years older, pretty highly favored too. But my younger sister was just a challenge for my grandma. Like, And they didn't know each other for very long. My grandma died when I was eight, Mm. which would have made my younger sister four. And my younger sister was just a handful. Right. She was rowdy. Right. She disrupted our nice, smooth system. Right. (laughs) So so I I would think that my grandma would have said that either my older sister or I were her favorites because she just had a harder time with the little one. Right. You know? And she would like pick up the phone and fake call my dad, you know? And oh, be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call your father. <laughs> I'm going to call your dad and you're going to get in trouble, <laughs> little girl. You know, like, like, so yeah, my younger sister was just a handful. She was fun and she was silly, you know? It was great. I, um, you know, I, I had a conversation with one of my son's um, teacher and she was talking about how, you know, we're kind of like reviewing the semester and how things are going. And, um, and I said something about how he's kind of like my, my little mini me and we get along pretty well because I get him. 
I understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I understand, you know, the thing, the choices that he makes. I understand his line of reasoning. I, I understand his motivations. And, and so I get him. And she said um, that, that she had, I can't remember if it was her mom or if it was her, I think it was her mom who said she had three kids and she didn't get any of them. And she's like, I don't get you kids. I remember when my children were babies and like looking at them and thinking, what are we, what are we going to have in common? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I really didn't think that I'm like, what is, what's the common thread here? What's the connection with these people? You know? And even what's funny now is some of the things that develop in their personality that I know are not from me mm-hmm. help me know and understand my ex-husband better. Mm. Like, and I've had to go to him for a couple things. And like, my daughter was struggling with something and it was something I couldn't relate to. It was something that just comes very natural to me, very easy, um, you know, I'm really good at. And I, I was having trouble figuring out how to help her through this. Mm-hmm. And I called him and said, do you have this difficulty? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, I do. And he explained to me what it had been like for him as a kid with yeah. this particular challenge and whatever. And it opened my eyes. Like, I'm like, huh? Like, it helped me be able to be a better parent to her by right. understanding yeah. an adult who had been through this situation as a child. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's really interesting when when something is so different. It It's harder to it's harder to know what to do for that child sometimes when you don't have relationship to it. Well, you know, okay. So I am looking through my notes because I brought, okay. So there are a few lenses from which to view this issue. One of them is that our relationship with our children have deeper roots and there may be reasons why you connect with one child over another and that you don't discover until they're an adult or you're further along in raising them. Another is that your children can definitely reflect your personality back to you. Mm -hmm. And you might not like that part of you, Mm -hmm. you which you mentioned with your friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people notice that their feelings towards their children are seasonal. How do you mean? Well, you know, our relationships aren't fixed that, you know, you may have had a really fun time with with your child when um, when they were in their preschool years because maybe Mm -hmm. they were more playful um, and, you know, you were able to keep things light. But then as we get into middle school and, you know, their personality starts to change in different ways, you may change how you feel about them. I I do feel like that's a... A real thing. And I feel like right now, my kids are 10 and 12, and it's a great window. It's This is terrific. Yeah. Because they're still, like, kind of childlike wonder, and, you know, they're they're just on that cusp of they're, they don't think like adults, but they can do so much on their own, mm-hmm. and they can do so much for themselves, and they can think independently, mm-hmm. you know, and this this is a very fun window of life for the three of us. Like the, we're enjoying the hell out of being a family right now. I'm really really loving um, parenting my middle schooler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be, because we are getting into the good stuff of you know him kind of doing some self discovery, branching out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of. We're, we're stepping back and letting him explore some things that he's interested in. And we get to have those those straight talk conversations mm-hmm. of, 
you know, just the stuff that I guess like I kind of what kind of like what you would think of as being like the meat and potatoes of parenting. It's like, okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've been waiting for for this part. Now I'm going to tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, all of this. I'm going to impart my wisdom onto you. Well, so speaking of wisdom, I want to kind of start ending this show with a quote, a couple of quotes that actually there's three that <laughs> all the quotes <laughs> that segment, somehow quotes. Rela- related back to all of this. Um, the first one is by Irma Bombeck, and she says, when my kids become wild and unruly, I use a nice, safe playpen. And when they're finished, I climb out. <laughs> And I like that because it's like, well, you know, yeah, that's kind of a universal feeling. Yeah, I go hide. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to hide. And then I'm going to come back out when it makes sense again. Um, I also like one that says, home is where you can say whatever you want because no one is listening anyway. <laughs> that's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> like, so we think that we have these sophisticated m- means of parenting our children in different ways based on their personalities and you know, who knows if anybody's really listening. Right. They're just feeling it all. Yeah. The last one is is something that um, just made me laugh out loud. I LOL'd. <laughs> Let's see if I LOL. It says, my name is, my, my nickname is Mom, but my real name is Mom, 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 <laughs> Mom, Mom, Mom. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that um, episode of The Family Guy? Where Stuart yes. like, Mom, Mama, <laughs> Mama, Mama, Mommy, Mom. Mommy. Mom. Mom, mom, mom. So, you know, maybe, I don't know if there's a point to this episode. It was just a, a random. Uh, it's a we're back, baby. Well, but you know what? I am going to put the links for these articles that I read up um, in the show notes because I want to give credit where credit is due on some of the research that was done on symbol, sibling rivalry and um, parental favoritism. And um, I, I think it's an interesting topic, and um, I hope that we are your favorite, um, and that you will favorite us and subscribe to Do us. Do you like me better like or Heather better? Hopefully, me. <laughs> you know what? It'll depend on who they who they who relate, they relate to, to the most, and who you makes can it like easier. Heather. It's fine, whatever. I'm right. easier for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, happy weekend! It's Friday. Go out and do something fun with your favorite child or parent. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.